Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. We are switching the readings today. Please pray with me in the prayer for illumination. Gracious God, open our hearts, open our minds to the seed of truth planted deep within our hearts that we might continue to grow in love and hearing of your word this day and forevermore. Amen. Our first reading comes from the book of James. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror, for they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of the Lord. And now for our second reading, the Song of Solomon, chapters 2, verses 8 through 13, the inspiration of today's anthem from the choir. Listen for the word of God as it comes to you here, now, in this place. The voice of my beloved, look, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. 
The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable and redeeming in your sight, O rock and redeemer. Amen. It's here. Labor Day, the start of the school year, the start of the Michigan football season. It's here. The end of the endless summer, the summer of blockbuster movies that are now a distant memory, but soon to be on a streaming service in your home. Students begin classes both in Ann Arbor Public School and also here at the university on Tuesday, September 4th. And if you have trouble getting through that day, don't worry, because Black Panther is coming to Netflix, (laughs) y'all. September 4th. Labor Day, a day meant for rest, just as we celebrate a day of rest every Sunday, every Lord's Day, has often become a, oh gosh, it's back to work day. It's back to real life. And for many, it means back to the grind, back to the books, back to the weight and responsibilities of real life. At least we get that one last day of summer, one last day to be free and have fun, to dream of an endless summer, that day in the sun. One thing I dream about, I have to be honest, is all the movies I saw this summer, as well as the times I was out at Pickerel Lake and down uh, visiting family. But the movies I remember, The Avengers, it does start in May, after all, to Ant-Man and the Wasp and The Incredibles, there were superheroes galore, Being a superhero means having a superpower, and it makes me think of that age-old question. If you were a superhero, what superpower would you have? Perhaps it would be super speed, like the Flash, or maybe to breathe underwater and control the waves, like Aquaman. Maybe you'd have superhuman strength or be invulnerable, like Luke Cage. What if you could only have one superpower? What if you had to choose, say, between flight and invisibility? This is actually a question that people ask each other. It's almost a philosophical question. On the one hand, if you chose flying, you might be seen as nothing to hide, guile, noble, maybe a little pompous. A mythic concept. Look, up there, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's a man flying. Or maybe you chose invisibility. Maybe you prefer to hide your power. Maybe for ill, maybe for good. But you're a little, maybe less comfortable with power. When we talk about power, we also talk about the powerless. Superheroes are there not only to have their power, but to give their power as well. When we talk about our superpowers, it really gets to that question of who do we want to be? And also, who do we fear to be? How might we use our superhuman ability? Are we comfortable 
with power, of showing it off and wielding it? Or are we uncomfortable with power, want to hide it? There are times in our life when we are powerful, when we feel like we are in control, and there are times in our life when we are powerless and we are far from being in control. And there's fear in both. We fear of having all the power and the responsibility that comes with it. And we also fear of not having any power at all and the helplessness that comes with that. Who wields the power is just as important, if not more important, than what that power is. Will we use our power for good or for evil? In our text today, in the Hebrew scriptures of Song of Solomon, we see a very alluring, a very powerful, maybe even superhero figure. Look, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. If we had to name his superpower, might be like Gene Kelly or Usher, someone with crazy dance moves. Or maybe he's a Don Draper, fully in control of his ad agency, or a Derek Zoolander. In other words, he's really, really, really ridiculously good-looking. The entire earth awakens with the power of love, and he speaks to his beloved, saying, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. Come away with me. I can hear Nora Jones singing that song. Come away with me, and I'll never stop loving you. As two lovers rise up and enjoy the fragrances of life, of love, of living. One couple that has really inspired me since the day I was born was my grandparents. I recently returned visiting Houston, where they live, and it was a day of celebration on Friday because my grandmother returned home from the hospital after months being in rehab. My grandparents, married over 60 years, were finally back together again. They almost had their power back. And yet I could not help feel a sense of powerlessness as I watched them celebrate because I knew the doctors had recommended 24-7 care and my grandparents were refusing the help. As my grandmother continues to regain, regain her health, we want her to stay in her home, to be happy and healthy, and we think we know what needs to be done. But until they accept the help, until they accept that they need power from an outside source, it is up to them if they receive the care or not. It was a range of emotions to feel so powerful and also to feel so powerless. I'm also reminded of my grandparents' generosity throughout their lives, and we know from James that generosity is a gift from God, that every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. James talks about how God has planted the word of truth in us and that the fruits of God's love are not loud and boisterous, 
but that everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. These times of feeling both powerful and powerless, these are wise words to remember. James calls us to action, to not just be hearers who forget, but doers who act. For if we do not bridle our tongues, our religion is worthless. So what am I doing now, preaching? What did I do in Houston but offer a grandson's opinion? What is James doing but writing more words? See, there is power in words, power as the seed of truth, of love planted deep within us so that it would grow into love that gives forth in abundance. And specifically, as James writes, to care for orphans and widows in distress. We are called to give away this love. And yet I wonder, do we feel it? Do we feel like this is our superpower? Do we even have a power in this world that constantly takes away from us, that makes us feel so powerless? Recently, a member of our staff in the community closed down a bookstore, and she offered bookshelves to different people, and my wife and I moving into a new house, and me being a pastor and a teacher, we have lots of books and in need of bookshelves. So we graciously accepted that, but we needed to go pick them up, and the day that I was going to pick up the bookshelves, a member offered their truck for us to use. When I went to go pick up the truck, this member was building bookshelves in the garage of another member. What unites us is not bookshelves. What unites us is Christ's love. The power of the risen Christ is what unites us as the Father of lights, the one who rises again and again just as surely as the rising sun. The one we are connected to not only through the celebration of the Lord's table, but also in the helping hands that we reach out to each other, whether it's Alpha House or a different way of reaching out to one another. It's that hand of Christ that reaches out to comfort one another, to hold you steady. Yes, that hand might be black or white, yellow, gray, calloused or soft, large or small, wrinkly or smooth, gay or straight, however that hand comes to you, whatever form it takes, that love has a power, a power to seize you, to squeeze you, and to never let you go, to never let you be the same. Tomorrow is Labor Day. And over a hundred years ago, it was workers around the world that united hand in hand to march in protest of 12-hour workdays. Can you imagine going to school for 12 hours, let alone work? Seven days a week. That's no weekends. And children as young as five or six worked in factories and mines, being paid only a fraction of what adult workers can make, perhaps because they were only a fraction of the size 
We can thank the workers over 100 years ago for uniting in a cause that not only gave us a federal holiday tomorrow, but also for eight-hour workdays, for only five days of work a week, for our weekends, and for not exploiting our children, but rather educating our children. These workers didn't get everything they wanted, though. As I did some research, they wanted one more thing, just a small thing, as part of their demands. They wanted world peace. Yes, that's right. It's a hundred years later, and we're just as far, perhaps, from world peace as we were back then. But that doesn't mean we can't still try. Because in us is the power of the Prince of Peace, the one who continues to give love, to inspire us, to nourish us, to comfort us. If you're feeling a bit of power this week, who might you reach out to? If you're feeling a little powerless, in need of some love, how might you receive that love this week? Recently, a friend had to postpone a visit with me because she had to spend time with another friend who really needed the power of love. No worries, I texted her. You're such a good friend. Her response, that's what I'm here to do, to give love. Friends, may we continue to give love, knowing that our love comes from an endless supply of God's love, who loved us through and through, who loved us to the grave and back, who does, who does so generously, and may we continue to trust in this abounding love of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Father of lights, the source of our power and strength, the one who unites us all. Amen. Friends, this is not a table of superheroes. You do not need a superpower to come here. This is a table that the Lord has made. This is the Lord's table. God's power awaits you here, welcomes you here, beckons you here. Not for anything that you have done, but for the faith that you've placed in God. That God's love would continue to rise up and renew you each and every day. Friends, welcome. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. You lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Let us pray. It is right that we praise you alone, O God, for you are the source of all life and goodness, and in you we live and move and have our being. Your wonder is manifest in land and sea and sky. Your love is manifest in us, your people, created in your image, fulfilled in lives of service to you. We turned away from you, and when we sinned, you called us back to yourself. From your own being, you sent Jesus among us to reveal your care for all you have made and show us your way of reconciliation. He made the one perfect sacrifice for the sin of the world, and through him you made us a holy people. Holy God, source of all being, you are greater by far than our human thoughts can comprehend. 
With all that you have created, you abide, weeping with us in grief and pain, rejoicing with us in life and love. You are everywhere in this very moment, holding the entirety of living experience and weaving us together in the great and intricate tapestry of creation. Creator God, Mother and Father of us all, in your holy love, you took on our limitations. Born of a body, bound within a body, you know the whole of this human experience. Learning to communicate with words, teaching us to communicate with presence. Learning the fears that wring us dry, teaching us of the love that nurtures us back to life. Everlasting God, you are everywhere and right here. As close as the air we breathe, the air which binds us to one another and to all your beautiful creation. Oh God, we pray for the church throughout the world, that her members, ministers, and ministries may be agents of your forgiveness and grace. We pray for our nation, our leaders, and all who labor to make this country free and a haven of blessing and justice and peace. We pray for the world that you would pass through our lands and bring freedom and life for all your children. Hold those safe in your heart who live in fear. We pray for our brothers and sisters in this community, those who mourn and grieve and hurt, but also those whose hearts are full of celebration. We are mindful of those returning to the classroom tomorrow to teach and to learn. Be there with them and keep them safe. We pray for the faithful departed, that now wearing the armor of light, they may rest forever in your peace and presence. Lord Jesus, we give thanks for work and for the many works you have given us to do. Hear our prayers on this day of rest and strengthen us for the week ahead. We pray that you would be present with those who work by day and those who work by night, those who work near and those whose work carries them far away. And we pray for those who in an uncertain time have no job. We pray all of this knowing that your labors on our behalf never cease and that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And now be close to us in this meal that through the Holy Spirit's presence, this would be gift of God for us that at this table we would know you in a holy and profound way. May we who receive these gifts live lives of justice, love, and prayer and be a voice for those who are not heard. Stirring within us, Spirit, we speak anew the familiar words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.